Please be seated. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Good morning, church family. Thank you, Paul, for the prayer this morning. Thank you, Jerry, for the thoughts on giving. Welcome, everybody. If you are visiting with us, if you are our guests, I hope you have been made welcome and that you're comfortable. If you are a guest with us, you might find today's sermon maybe a little bit unusual because I'm starting a two-week sermon series today on hospitality, specifically hospitality towards our guests. Now, church, you've likely noticed that recently we've been blessed with an influx of people visiting our worship services. And we need to make sure that we put our best foot forward in welcoming our guests, showing them hospitality. We need to make guest room available for them. So guests, you and your importance will be my subject matter for the next two weeks. So if you have any questions about what I say, if you have any critiques, I'd love to hear from you afterwards. Or if you just like the attention, come back next week, too. I'll be talking about you then as well. One way that we have accommodated our guests is that we have made sure that every person who walks through the door receives a warm welcome. Now, that's not only been beneficial for our guests, but also for our members as well. It's nice to receive a big smile and a warm welcome when you enter the church building, isn't it? Carol Shear and Kathleen Harris deserve a lot of credit for recruiting a team that does a great job in welcoming both our guests and members. However, it's not our official greeters um, that are only responsible for hospitality. You see, as a church, we have a few people who are really good at that sort of thing, greeting, uh, kind of people, person. But when an entire congregation as a whole exhibits a culture of hospitality, that's when a church really has the chance to grow. And that's what we want here at Heartland, isn't it? We want those who are out there seeking a spiritual family to be a part of, those out there seeking God's graces, graces we want them to find that right here with us, don't we? Without a widespread, ingrained culture of hospitality, God cannot do his work through us. But if we all, as a unit, care 
deeply about those seeking a spiritual family, seeking God's graces, then God can work miracles in those people's lives through us. A greeting team is a good start, but it takes more than that. Carol and Kathleen attended a training seminar last month. This was down in Overland Park. It was hosted by a church group uh, from Oklahoma City that came up and offered some training. Here, Carol and Kathleen heard the story about a church shopping couple who visited 12 different churches of Christ in Oklahoma City. Now, each of those 12 churches of Christ in Oklahoma City had designated greeters, a greeting team, just like we do here at Harvard. Now, this couple reported that of those 12 churches of Christ, no church member outside of the greeting team ever spoke to them one time. None. Now, do I believe that this couple would have the same experience here at Heartland Church of Christ? Absolutely not. I believe that we do better than most churches at guest hospitality. However, this story out of Oklahoma City should remind us that it is not only those designated as greeters that need to be speaking to our guests. In order to accomplish a culture of hospitality, it takes more than just a few members specializing in it. It takes an entire group fostering a welcoming environment. Now, understand that creating a culture of hospitality doesn't originate from myself. It's not my idea. It's not the greeting team's idea. It's not the elders' idea. Creating a culture of hospitality originates from the very character of God himself. When we create a culture of hospitality... It's a way that we can join God in his mission, participate with him on his mission of reaching the lost in the world. Our mission to show hospitality to our guests exists because God is a missionary God. And if we are not joining God on this mission, then we've sort of lost sight of what it really means to be the church. We're either not yet his church or we've ceased to be his church. Well, being hospitable, it sounds pretty easy, doesn't it? I think most of us have learned from a young age about hospitality, about being kind, about minding your manners and being polite. But it's difficult to talk to new people, isn't it? Especially if you're not a people person. It's something that is outside of most of our comfort zones, including my, my own. I've never understood how God can be labeled the God of all comfort and expect us to live outside of our comfort zone so often. So today I plan to give you a few basics about church hospitality that hopefully will make it a little bit easier on you to be hospitable. And then next week we'll go a little bit deeper. So first of all, notice I've been using the term guest instead of the word visitor. Now, this can seem a little trivial, but when it comes to creating a culture of hospitality, 
the differences of the connotations of the word can be vastly different. At home, when we receive a knock on the door or a, a ring to the doorbell, and we're not expecting anyone, Alicia refuses to answer the door. That's my job because an unexpected visitor can be a little bit scary. The term visitor implies someone who is unexpected, uninvited, and temporary. Here today, gone tomorrow. Our visitors here at Heartland don't have to knock on the door to enter to get into our worship services. Understand that the people who have come through our door have already been invited. When Jesus said, come all you who are weary and heavy burdened, he meant this invitation to be for all people everywhere. And it should be our desire that people find that Jesus here with us. So I'd say if Jesus invited our guests to be with us, that makes them pretty special. Another way that guests are already invited is through our community outreach. Things like the trunk or treat that we do or helping less fortunate families around Christmas time. We've got a board in the back today with some tags you can take and buy Christmas gifts for less fortunate people. When we do that, we communicate to people that, hey, you're invited to come get to know us better. You're invited to come see what we're all about. And hopefully that's Jesus. So understanding that our guests have already been invited before they even get here. That's critical in creating a culture of hospitality. The type of culture that we need in order to join God on his mission, participate with God on his mission, because God wants all people everywhere to know him. Well, it can be a little difficult uh, when it comes to unexpected visitors, a little bit alarming. But how do you respond differently to somebody who is an invited guest? Well, at your, your own home, you see about their needs. You ask them if they need a drink uh, or a snack. You clean your house before they get there. You light a scented candle. You make your kids stand up and speak to them. You sort of roll out the red carpet for them, don't you? Well, if this is the way you treat an invited guest at your own house, why should it be any different in God's house? Shouldn't it be even better, even more well thought out and planned? That's, that's been the motivation behind some of the beautification projects you've seen around here. Uh, that's why we redid the nursery downstairs. That's why we're working on the foyer right now. You'll see there's being work done out there. That's been the motivation behind going to two services. Because the research consistently states that when a congregation reaches 80% capacity, which we've been at since I think maybe before I was even here. When a congregation reaches 80% capacity, guests who come in feel like there's no room for them. So we've been communicating to our guests that we have no guest room available for them. Our motivation is to participate with God on his mission in bringing that which was lost into the family of God. When we make room for these people, not only 
in this building, but also within our hearts, God can reach these people through us. Maybe that means giving up your seats for a guest. Maybe it means sitting in the front row or standing in the back. When you go to a place and you and you sit in the same spot time after time, what is that called? It's called assigned seating, right? Well, normally when you go to a place where there's assigned seating, it's usually at a place where you feel you have to be, not necessarily a place where you want to be. If you really wanted to be here, you would it wouldn't matter where you sat or whether you sat or stood. If you really wanted to be here, you'd stand in the baptistry all all morning. Now, look, I'm just as guilty as anybody else. You'll usually find Alicia and I sitting over there somewhere and you'll usually find us parking over there somewhere, the same spot every time. And it's not that we don't really want to be here, right? It's that we're creatures of habit. We sit in the same spot. We park in the same spot because we become habitual. Well, there's there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But what happens is we forget that maybe there's somebody else that needs to be sitting here. Or maybe there's somebody else that would rather be parking here. Don't be like the older brother in the story of the prodigal son who didn't want to share his blessing. Instead, be like the father in that story. Instead, we should want to celebrate the fact that we get to share our space with someone who's seeking God's graces, just like you and me are. On Wednesday, the minister team received this email from a church member, and I would like to read it to you. I've kept it anonymous, but this is uh, word for word. On Wednesday, I received this email. It says, after extensive prayer and thought, my husband and I have decided to attend the 8 a.m. service. This decision was based on the fact that the 1015 service needs our seats and parking space. We realize that the new year poses a lot of new challenges, and our desire is to do our part to make the 8 a.m. service a success. In Christ, a hospitable Christian sister. This family is sacrificing their seats and their parking spot so a few of you can worship more comfortably. This is a great example of someone making a sacrifice, one of our own making a sacrifice for her brothers and sisters. So how much more should we sacrifice our comfort for our guests? For those who are in need of God's grace. Remember, our guests are invited guests, not unexpected visitors. Well, if you were to ask just about any churchgoer in America, whether their church was a friendly church, you'd probably get the same answer. Yes, of course, my church is friendly. Of course, we're friendly. In reality, to the person who's never darkened the door of a church building before, or to somebody even who only attends now and then, there's no such thing as a friendly church. To that person, church can be a quite peculiar place, or even hostile, full of hypocrites just jumping on the chance to judge. 
Now, that might not be true, and that's especially not true of this church. But understand that people, unfortunately, have that perception of the church. So keep in mind that when a guest enters this building, for them, it might be a very stressful and scary situation. It's it's nerve-wracking when you try something new, when you've been to a place you've never been to before. It's kind of like when I was about 8 or 10 years old, and just old enough to start helping work cattle on the farm. And my dad would say to me, don't worry, son, those cows are more scared of you than you are of them. And I think, I don't know, dad, that cow outweighs me by about a thousand pounds. I think I'm more scared than it is. It's nerve wracking trying something new. And the fact is, those cows were more scared of me than I was of them. Why? Because human beings are scary creatures. Even to other human beings, we're pretty scary. I've got 200 human beings staring at me right now. And you might not be able to tell, but I'm shaking in my boots. My point is that our guests may enter this building with the same state of mind as if they were getting ready to ride a bucking bull. But their experience with us should allow them to exit the building with the state of mind that, hey, this is actually a safe place to be. I think maybe I'll come back sometime. And we'll talk about this a little bit more next week. Um, Right now, watch this video. You'll notice I've cherry-picked this from another church. Hey, you down there. Yes, you. Are you a member of the Orange County Church of Christ? Good. Where are you off to today? Church, that's wonderful. I'll see you inside. Say, are you planning to sit there all by your lonesome? Wouldn't you rather be meeting people visiting your church for the first time? Don't be bashful. Meeting and greeting church visitors is both fun and easy. Would you like to learn how? Excellent. Let's begin. First, make sure to arrive to church early, giving yourself ample time for fellowship with friends and visitors. Also, suppress the desire to park too close to the church building. Rather, park as far away as possible, leaving spaces closer to the church building open for visitors. That's right, walking is America's favorite pastime. When you arrive, Be on the lookout for anyone you don't recognize and make it a point to introduce yourself. There are so many ways to say hello. You can do it with a handshake, a fist pump, a good old-fashioned hand slap, or by declaring a thumb war. Uh Uh-oh, I'll get you next time. Whoa, let's not pat ourselves on the back just yet. There are still a few things to keep in mind. When church service is over, don't leave right away. Instead... Stick around to meet new people. Direct them to the ministry that meets their needs. And follow up to ensure that they are being pulled in. Congratulations! 
you now know how to welcome church visitors. That's a good job, Scotty. This month, when you listen to Joy to the World, the Lord is Come, or when you watch the Charlie Brown special on TV, the Christmas special, or when you're putting that star or angel on the top of your Christmas tree, think about this. If the innkeepers would have known who Jesus was, they would have made room for Joseph and Mary, wouldn't they But they didn't see anything special about Joseph and Mary. They saw them as unexpected visitors. Here today, gone tomorrow. Not as invited guests. We have the opportunity here at Heartland to flip the script. And to make guest room available for Jesus. Jesus said to his disciples in Mark chapter 9. It says, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. In Matthew 25, Jesus describes the final judgment day this way. He says, then the king will say to those at his right hand, come, you that are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger? And welcomed you. Or naked and gave you clothing. And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them. Truly I tell you. Just as you did it to one of the least of these. Who are my brothers. You did it to me. When we create a culture of hospitality. And are welcoming to our guests. We not only make room for them, but we get to do what the innkeeper failed to do. And that's make guest room available for Jesus. If you haven't made guest room available yet for our guests, for Jesus in this building or in your heart. Think about it this holiday season. Think about becoming a Christian. Think about being more hospitable. Ways you can do that at home. And here at church, just like Jerry said about giving, it's a way that we can be like God. So is being hospitable. Being hospitable is a way that we can be like God. Let's stand and sing.